we, we can't live in the world where Bed Bath and & Beyond and GameStop and all that can be so manipulated by investors. I mean, but it's... manipulating the stock market from a retail perspective, okay, fine, goes up, goes down, whatever. You can't control your stock price. If you're if you're an executive in a public traded company or you're been in a, in a public traded company, you know sometimes that's just that's just rhetoric. Mm-hmm. That's just perception. It's opinion. Fine. Right. But that same type of behavior can create a real run on banks. Right. And that's a big fucking problem. It is a big problem, but that's not associated with the rising of the interest rates. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This week has been an extremely tumultuous week, and because of all the things that have happened, I think I'm actually coming down with a bit of a cold. Are you? Nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm indifferent about it. It could be allergies, but... A room back there sounds sick too, so I'm, I'm chalking it up as a possible cold. That being said, we're going to spend some time talking to you about CPI, inflation. There's been an update, an update you should be aware of. We're going to talk about the banking system. Obviously, there's been some crazy things going on. It's personally impacted both Saeed and I, and it has been chaotic, to say the least. To say the least. We'll talk a little bit about the European uh, system and the impacts to a uh, bank, a little bank, tiny bank called Credit Suisse. Small one. Small one. Yeah. Itsy bitsy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to start talking about how all these things kind of gel together and cap it all off with a little conversation about how Moody's is cutting their outlook on the U.S. banking system. This has reverberating effects that I don't think that everybody fully understands. And this is not one of those new I- news items you're going to hear reported on in traditional media But certainly in the business media, if you're watching Bloomberg, CNBC, these things are important. Spoiler alert, not a good look. Not a good look for anybody. No. Yeah. And I would say there's some self-serving reasons why Moody's wants to do this, but not necessarily uh, in the best interest of everyone. But they don't have the time and the manpower. We'll get into that. Right. For now, let's start with a Washington Post article titled, Inflation Eased Again in February, Though Path Ahead is Muddled. (laughs) It sounds almost like you're making a cocktail. Yeah. You know, I muddled <laughs> up some mint yeah. in my mojito, except this mojito is uh, not so good news. New data released Tuesday morning by the Bureau of Labor Statistics showed that prices rose 6% in February compared to the year before. That's down notably from June's peak of 9.1%, but muted progress since January's year-over-year increase of 6.4%. Mm-hmm. So technically speaking, for the uninitiated, 6.4% came down to 6%. Yeah. 
Prices rose 0.4% in February compared with the month before. Yes. So this inflation reading wasn't like super hot, but it wasn't a huge progressive gain. It it came in at their estimate. Their, yeah. They estimated 6% it came to that. So it came, I think two months ago it was at 6.5, then it dropped down to 6.4. So there was a slow decrease and then now down to 6%. So starting to head r- back down in the right direction at the speed that we would like for it to be at. But here's a further breakdown of um, some of the parts in the report. Energy prices are up 5.2%. Mm-hmm. Services X housing are up 7.3%. Shelter, big one, up 8.1%. And again, shelter is a huge part of the problem when it comes to inflation, especially as it relates to housing and rent and rent equivalent. Yes, and you won't see meaningful improvements in this portion of the report for quite some time because the areas where they gather the information from are slow to report. We've talked about it before, every six months or so. Yeah, and they come in at different times over the course of six months, so not all the data is the same like degree of fresh. Exactly. Um, lastly, food inflation up 9.5%. This is stupid high. And again, you know, you can not spend on things like airline and air travel, which is the highest number as far as inflation right. is concerned. Right, so but uh, you can't not spend on food, and food for all of us is up over nine percent. Yes. So just because inflation CPI is an average of all these things, and mm-hmm. it came in at six point four percent, right, that doesn't mean the impact to you, the consumer, is going to be six percent. It's going to be closer to nine or ten percent, especially right. if you're traveling at all. Right. Like, let's just have a moment of silence for all the Instagram influencers or travel influencers out there. Yeah. Their life is going to get difficult. When we get into the next article, I'll explain a little bit as to why that is. Right. But certainly, if you're a travel influencer, a travel blogger, mm-hmm. damn, <laughs> damn. I mean, the, the economy ain't working for you. Right. So back to energy prices. So utility gas services are up 14.3%. And last I checked, almost all of us have some utility gas prices. Right. You know, I, I heard the other day, this is kind of off topic, but I, I heard the other day that that Modern electric stoves are way more efficient and better to cook food on. Better? But, yeah. Uh, th- so apparently they're better at thermoregulating the temperature than just using an open flame is. Interesting. But we as a society are so like infatuated with fire. Yeah. That, like, I don't like, I don't know about you, I'm man. I'm not going to lie to you. I want my stove to have fire. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Like, for me, this is like this is like a baser human element. Like I'm <laughs> Yeah. This like, is caveman, caveman stuff. I was just going to say. Like, yeah. This is not me, right? Yeah, I created fire. Look what I did. The, the, so have you seen the new conduction tops too? No. So in some of the higher end homes that I, that I visited recently, right, they don't have like a traditional looking stove. And I asked, I asked about like what you know what the builder. He's like, oh, these are all the rage now. I'm like, what does that mean? What, what am I looking at here? Because it just looked like there's a granite top. Yeah, the stove is underneath the granite top, and it's con- it's conductive oh, energy. Same way your cell phone charges. Oh wow! Using conductive power, same thing. And I, and I'm like, this can't. Be. So he literally brought a pan out and cooked an egg in front of me. And he's like, the only problem for me that that's is, a little weird. And it doesn't get hot. What? So you like, you, you don't, don't have to worry about hand. you don't have to worry about your kids like putting their hands. No, on it. you don't. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a metal on metal reaction or something. It's. I feel like that's going to cause all kinds of problems. It certainly threw me off when you walk into a kitchen and you're like, "Is this like a wet bar? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like is, this is a re- giant wet bar, right? Yeah, exactly. this is what rich people do like when they want to get drunk, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the thing. But apparently, like you know, we, we're we're not so uh, embracing of technology like we, I thought we were. Right. So it makes it makes you wonder, like, do you really need gas in the home? For sure. Come on. But I mean, this is, but the, these statistics being up still really high are the reason why the, the Fed likes to exclude them and look at core inflation 
But that's the part about this whole process that really bothers me is like they're just so concerned with the report and the number to get to a certain point where they're not really analyzing how day-to-day people are being affected. That's not the goal, though. That's not the goal. That's exactly. not the goal. The goal, the goal is overall aggregate inflation in the economy. Yes. If, if the goal were to impact on, you know, the impacts of the consumer, it'd be very different. But uh, Instagram post that, I, that Arun's pulling up for me right now is the article I wanted to make reference to. This is the where the inflation is and isn't mm-hmm. uh, post that we've, we've seen many, many times. And I got to tell you, every single time I look at this thing, I always leave my head, you know, scratch, leave scratching my head going like, okay, are we really... Are we really talking about inflation being improved? So right. airfare, okay? We all spend on airfare. 26.5% increase. I'm not spending on airfare. Like, first of all- <laughs> Now what is that high? What the fuck's going on? Like how, if you're an airline, like how, like why? Right. Like how have your costs gone up? I mean, if you look at like fuel, that's way lower. So why, why are their costs so high? Right. I really feel like this is gouging. But if you're an Instagram travel influencer, damn, you're taking this one up. <laughs> Second one, Household energy, like you noted, 12.9%. Mm-hmm. Uh, pets and pet products, 11.3%. God damn. Yeah. I mean, that's you. Yeah, no, I got a cat. Yeah. Uh, well, she's on special kidney food too. Special kidney food? Yeah, man. She How eats, do you determine that? She's got like kidney issues. She, really? Yeah. So Took her to the vet. She, that's she's, the vet yeah, says. she's almost 16 years old, man. Man. Don't be insensitive, bro. Ooh. Wait, what did I? A do? lot of people watch the show. I know you. I know <laughs> I you're love, foaming at the mouth to I, make some I, kind of like joke. No, I'm allergic to cats, and I've come by your house many, many times and uh, survived. And and I, no, so maybe your allergy is cerebral. I've taken, that, care, huh? I've taken care of Misha. You have taken care of Misha, and I appreciate <laughs> you for it. Food at home, ten point two percent. Rent, eight point eight percent. This is still going up and going up in a significant way. Right, and this makes up thirty over thirty three percent of the report. Food at restaurants, 8.4%. Think about that. Food at restaurants have gone up 8.4%, but food at home has gone up 10.2%. Right. We're getting to a point now where it might actually be cheaper to eat at restaurants. I said this to you months ago and you laughed at me. And now when prices are coming down, now you're going to start quoting this? Listen, this is this is Nobody nobody remembers that two months ago. (laughs) It wasn't on the show. Wasn't the show. Didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I like to steal Side your, the show. I like to steal your shit later on. <laughs> Housing again, 8.2%. Uh, hotel rooms, 6.7%. And then the overall inflation was the next lowest category. So to give you an idea, those are the, the categories that are higher than your overall inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, used vehicles lost the most in, in percentage About here. About damn time. 13.6% down. About damn time. About damn time. You know, used vehicles had all those premiums and everything else going on in the pandemic. Lots were looked really, you know, empty and people weren't taking delivery. Man, I have to. So I actually have to take my car into the dealership. Which one? Uh, Jeep. I only have one car, bro. I'm not all of us. See, look, not all of us are you. Multiple wife cars. Has a car, which, you, which, you didn't drive the Jeep here today. Which one? Don't he try drove, to big drove, me. He drove. I don't, didn't don't do that. Don't <laughs> do one? that. Which don't, one? Don't. I got one car, my friend. So I know I need to, I need to take the Jeep in because that automatic stop start. It's failed on me. It won't. It doesn't do it anymore. And I got the air side. When you push the button? No, no. Just literally at all times, it just won't stop and it won't start. And then oh, you like, mean like the whole gasoline concern? I never liked that feature. I don't like it. it I don't like it either. I would always turn it off. But like the fact that it's now now that it's gone, it's like I want the option. Why did you take it? I don't like it being taken away. So from you're going me. to the dealership because you're choosing to go to the dealership. No, and then it also has. You the, know how uh, behind four, they are right now, right? Four, and that's I'm I'm putting it off. They're really behind. You've been waiting. You've been waiting on your car for a long ass time. Really? You got do a you warranty? Just, do you just leave it? Yeah. 
I have extended warranty. Always pay for extended warranty. Oh, also hard. Also hard? Yeah, I can't afford Come that on. extended warranty. <laughs> Aren't you the dude that's buying three cars? Mm. Wow. He's just trying to <laughs> buying three cars. There you go. I do not recall. Finally, he's Your on Honor? my side. Yeah, yeah exactly. His first, his first contribution to the show is taking a spot so, shot of me. In addition, in addition to the CPI print that came out, uh, retail sales report and PPI also came out. So after the biggest increase in two years, if you remember last month for retail sales, there was a 3% increase month over month. Which, which was, was bullshit. Which was way. absolutely wild, right? People were like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't believe the economy is going down. A 3% increase in retail sales is like astronomical. It's like that 500,000 jobs that came out yeah, in January. Just, and some of that was in construction. Like who the fuck is building something right now? Right. So- now we're actually seeing a contraction of 0.4%, which is a huge swing the other way. Yeah, thank the Lord Jesus. Right? right? Fuck. Which is, which is great for what the Fed's trying to accomplish. And sure, so there's two sides to this coin. I know that that's, we're going to like say, this is a positive thing, guys. This is really good. So it's bad for the economy, but we need this now to hurry up and get over the hump. Otherwise, you're just delaying the inevitable. Am I doing Obama hands again? That's why you're staring at me. No, no. I, look, I, 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 you, wow, so sensitive. Jesus, you're in a good mood tonight. I was but just looking at you. What, what I th- what I think that this report shows is the consumers starting to pull back and say that we can't afford this shit anymore. Hopefully, I mean, look, that, that, look. I know that sounds grim. Hopefully, yeah, that's what the consumer is mm-hmm. doing. And the reason why is is you got to think about it in the context of like the macroeconomic picture, right? These things need to happen. Right. Which is also what scares the shit out of me about what's going on in the banking system right now. Right. Part of me as a banker thinks that Jerome Powell hasn't said a goddamn word. Nothing. Right. And Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, has come out and said like a little bit of like nothing. Right. No value at all in her statements. And if anything, she hasn't come out since any of the, the, the joint statements have come out. Mm-hmm. They, these are people who are supposed to be communicative who have been in front of the media and now all of a sudden they're silent. I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, well, so they want bank consolidation. That's what's going on here. Right. Like you want consolidation in the markets so you're not saying anything because you're not upset about these things. Mm-hmm. And I, look, it'd be selfish of me to say like, you know, that's not right or, you know, whatever, but obviously you want home prices to go down so it impacts realtors and we've been, you know, kind of a little bit harsh on realtors. So, you know, maybe this is the natural byproduct of things. Mm-hmm. I just wish they would come out and say, hey, look, we expect this to be the natural byproduct in a time where the markets are freaking out. Like the real estate a- like agents of the world, the markets, like none of them freaked out. They still had this rosy optimism, happy, happy, joy, joy, rainbows and gumdrops and shit coming out of people's asses and stuff. <laughs> like it was all over social media, right? <laughs> but the banking sector was like a whole doom and gloom. This whole week has been one of the most stressful weeks of my entire banking career. And it's going to go into next week too. Yeah, and, and Jerome Powell's sitting at home going like, damn. S- especially by the time this episode drops because people... So basically what everyone has to look forward to next week, when this episode drops, the following day will be the second day of the FOMC meeting, Yeah, the 22nd. 22nd. And that's where you'll have the press conference. And we're going to get into all that later and what you can expect and what you should be looking out for and listening for from Jerome Powell because a lot has changed from projections. It's it's It was swinging 50 basis points down, oh, to, yeah. down to nothing, down back up to 25. It's like I've never seen it fluctuate the the projections so much in a span of like a week. Yeah, there's a technical term for it. It's called the shit show. Yeah, this is, yeah. It's been a complete and total fucking shit show all week long. But just to round out some of these hot prints, so to further the rainbow... Rainbow? Rainbows, gumdrops, and lollipops. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The PPI report came out. Remember, this is essentially what businesses are paying for their goods. Um, Why this is important is a precursor to CPI, so it gives us a look into 
what we can expect for the next CPI report. Um, so that's uh, up 4.6% year over year. And I pulled up, a, I put a chart in the notes, Arun. I don't know if it's there. I wanted to show Chris about it. Uh, show Chris about uh, right it. Right there. Wow, you're this one. Is there any way to... Either. Yeah, double click it. Double click it. No, or zoom in. So basically what, what, I, what I wanted you to see. On there this, you yeah. go. Look there at you. Go. Look at that. So from June of 2022, it was at 11.23%. It's been on a steady decline since then. Mm -hmm. So from June of 2022 to January of 2023, 11.23% uh, down to now 4.6%. Uh, this is a good sign. So where's the peak? What, what, what month and year is the peak June. there? June, June, of June of 2022, 11.23%. So, and ever since, every month since then, it was steadily dropping, like almost a full percentage point up until now, 4.6%, um, which is good. So we, we talked about it on the show. We're going to let you guys know when we see good signs. Look, this is a, a nice steady decline in the PPI report, which is what we're seeing um, in the CPI reports. Just it's not coming down as quickly. That and, does coincide with our supposition that the, there was a recession we started January 1st, 2022. Right, right. So overall, this is this suggests that CPI will continue to come down. The question remains how fast it'll come down. We, we've we said that it's going to get really sticky around the 5% mark. Mm -hmm. um, well, but a huge part of that February decline, about approximately 80%, was contributed in the price of chicken eggs. So that's a, actually a huge part <laughs> Believe it or Can not, you imagine like trying to tell yourself like a year ago. Listen, we're gonna have this podcast, man. We're gonna be talking about all this stuff, and it's gonna be good. People gonna like it, right? And um, you're gonna say that a large part of why that part of inflation came down is because of chicken eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and bacon, right? Wow, what a world we live in. It's so weird right now, man. Yeah, I know. Um, so look, I think what and what we're starting to see too is shelter is coming down. So here's here's some more good signs of good news um, for for the future reports. We know shelters coming down, but like we talked about, it, they're slow to report. Mm. You know, every six months. So as they continue to report every month, when they gather bits of information from each of these regions, it'll slowly start to come down because it makes up so much of the report. I think I have here shelter was about seventy percent of the increase of overall CPI numbers. Yeah. That is, and that's when it makes up when it makes up thirty percent of the report. Yep. I mean, that should go to show you like why it's so important. And that's why we've always talked about why it's such a huge lag effect. And that that's also why it gets so sticky around six and a half to seven percent. Exactly. And, and I think that people really don't understand that. I will say we we kind of cruise through from seven seven and a half percent down to six percent. Mm -hmm. I'm fearful that the next one will be an increase up, not down. Mm-hmm. Especially in light of of what the Fed may or may not do at the next Fed meeting, right? There's a lot of controversy there, but um, this is all really this is all really important because if if people can start to start to grasp this and like hold on to it, it sets the proper expectations. And what we know about the expectations, like we've talked about on the show, it influences the behavior of the consumer, right? So, so I have a theory here. Okay, and this is not something you and I have talked about a whole lot before the show. Your theories. No, this theory. Oh, you love my theories. Stop it. <laughs> uh, some of them. So, we spent 14 years in a pretty heavy amount of artificial interest rate deflation. Certainly, the last seven 
of those 14 years were really heavy low rates. Oh, yeah. Um, I understand the pandemic's role in that not forcing us to increase rates. But I'm looking at the Fed's actions, and I, I've been a proponent of the Fed needing to do this. And I've been a proponent saying they acted a year too late. But honestly, hindsight being 2020, I think I, think I was wrong. What? Yeah. I know it's weird for you to hear because I'm like your never. deity. I've never heard this. Like a... <laughs> A saint, if you will. There's a curveball coming. No, I'm just saying. I know you, you looked up to me. You were wrong. I was wrong. I, no, I was wrong. And I think, in, in all seriousness, um, we were foolish to think that we could raise rates as fast as we did to try to get inflation back down as quickly as we wanted to without having some significant and reverberating problems in the economy. There has to be a reason behind that, though. Like there, what what was the reason? What I can think of one. Okay, I know an, what you're an reason. election. An election. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, let's hurry up and try to get this under control before the election, right? Maybe. Yeah, it, they're not supposed to be political. I mean, I understand that, but yeah, the timing's hard to hard to argue. Like, so let's say you spent. Let's just be let's be fair here. Mm -hmm. Be conservative. Let's say five years to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. After fourteen, I, I mean that's that's pretty arrogant to think that you could solve it that fast. Why would we even try? Like, why are we trying to go 75 base points? Why don't we just go 25 consistently over time? Because it could get really, it could get out of hand, man. Why I don't mean, we pause? You know the hyper, what hyperinflation can do? No, too. I understand that. And, and I understand the, the concern. But once we started seeing inflation come from 9.1 back down, mm -hmm. why didn't we take a beat? Mm -hmm. Why didn't we see, say, let's see where it goes and let's think? Because, because we were still getting some of these hot prints. I understand that. But the banking system can't handle this. But they, they will not be able to handle this. And if, you, we're if, if we're okay with the system consolidating, uh -huh. then expect that. But know what happens next? Less banks, less access to capital. But the the here's the thing, though. The I, I I totally agree. The net interest margins that the banks are feeling right now, right? The compression of it, um, and SVB collapsing, Signature Bank collapsing, Credit Suisse almost collapsing. They got a lifeline today. Got themselves 50 million, no, 50 billion francs. 50 billion. 54 billion US dollars. And I got to tell you, that doesn't feel like enough. <laughs> so we're going to get, we'll get into that. But what the banks are experiencing right now is not the same shit that they experienced in 2008 where there's a credit risk, right? There's market risk. That's what I feel like they're feeling. Well, in, in that period of time, I look at it and going, okay, well, they did something wrong. If you're, and I know it's going to sound, you know, bias, but it's not. If you're Silicon Valley Bank mm -hmm. and you didn't have credit issues going bad, I'm sure you had depositors leave and stuff like that. But what really caused you to fail was a run on the bank because consumer sentiment shifted. And too much concentration. Too much concentration for sure. And that, that's always been a problem. I don't know how they got that past the regulators. That's, right. that's a whole different conversation. But what I'll say is this, is like, look, we, we can't live in the world where Bed Bath & Beyond and GameStop and all that can be so manipulated by investors. I mean, but it's... manipulating the stock market from a retail perspective, okay, fine, goes up, goes down, whatever. You can't control your stock price. If you're if you're an executive in a public traded company or you're been in a, in a public traded company, you know sometimes that's just that's just rhetoric. Mm -hmm. That's just perception. It's opinion. Fine. Right. But that same type of behavior can create a real run on banks. Right. And that's a big fucking problem. It is a big problem. But tell me that that is not the, that's not associated with the rising of the interest rates. No, but it's certainly made worse by it. Yeah, I mean, 
so banks can't do loans right right now because they need so right now we've talked about it before on the show you can make loans right rising, now but you know that in a rising interest rate economy you're underwater the next time a, a fed interest rate increase happens that's my point so in a rising interest rate economy banks they usually what what they do is they hold back and they want to see where the shit ends up and while they're rising that's when it affects the banks but when once the fed decides to hold then it starts to hurt the consumer right right and when they, and we don't know how long they're going to hold for but i agree with you banks are going to have to tighten up their guidelines but that's not what's causing these banks to go under it's the fear it's the quote unquote contagion yeah but that fear mm -hmm. that contagion is the same people who spur on like the rhetoric for GameStop, for Bed Bath & Beyond to drive the stock price up or down. Mm -hmm. Truly, I think that there's a problem here. The SEC is going to have to address at some point in time, independent of this whole banking crisis. I agree. Where you can't have like consumer sentiment driving prices up or down in these like mass scandals. Well, the, the problem is- It's it, no different than Peter Thiel coming out saying, hey, take your money out of the banks. Well, that's what, well, in no time in history has social media been, you know, available to everyone where any asshole with a microphone like these two like, assholes. like these two assholes right here could just jump on an instagram live and could persuade thousands and thousands of people and get retweeted over and over and over yeah yeah so like this is uncharted territory and i i feel like that's so why weren't we cautious why why wasn't the fed secretary like you know what i understand what worked historically I understand Volcker's era. I understand Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen, but now is a different time. Mm -hmm. We need to be more cautious about how we handle these things because these things can happen. And I understand someone who's gonna say, bro, you can't listen to what everybody says. You just gotta do your own thing, man, and know that's you're not, right. That's not how the masses work, though. But that's not how the wet masses work. You've gotta, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, I hate to say this, but if Selena Gomez has 400 million followers on Instagram. Really? Selena Gomez reference? Yeah, she's the number, she's the number highest one. She just came out in the news. I don't really get the attraction to her. Like, I don't, I think she looks, she's a nice girl, it looks like, but. What do you mean? I don't, I don't get the draw. Like, I don't understand. Like, I've seen her Instagram page. That was Bieber's page. ex, right? Yeah, but. I mean. What does that have to. What do you mean? They were a power couple. Now? Power couple. They were a power couple. Was? Yeah, and then, then she have to battle. I mean, Odun knows. I know Odun keeps his ear to the streets of pop culture. Yeah, he does. Come on. I know you know. Get off mute. You, she, oh, he did, already pulled it did up. Did she like have it. like a comeback? <laughs> did she have like some like mental health struggle? I thought it was a kidney thing. No, it was some mental health thing. But I, I don't know. I remember Odun was giving me a breakdown one night. I was paying. I don't really get the like the vibe. <laughs> I think there are lots of pretty, lots more pretty women than that, particularly our wives. Why? I mean, okay, yeah. they are. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But hot, why, why is Selena Gomez catching strays from you right now? I'm just saying, like, if, in a world that we live in now, yeah. her 400 million followers gives her a voice and a resonance. If she went out right now and said, hey, go buy this or support this, I bet you she could single-handedly have prevented a run on a bank. That's so crazy. She could literally say, hey, I believe in this bank. I support them. My money's there. And I guarantee you money would have gone in instead of came out. Mm -hmm. And that's the fucked up thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that that just is infuriating. Of course, there's ne we've never lived in a time like this where influencers like like Selena Gomez are even even worse, man. I mean, at least she's tied to some agency that has some connections that are are gonna play the, the game a certain kind of way, and you can kind of predict what where they're gonna go. What about the people that aren't tied to anybody, dude? dude Twitter, yeah. So I'll, let's go on a tangent. Like PewDiePie, what's PewDiePie doing? 
Let's not even go there. Bro. Let's use me. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm a publicly I'm an executive publicly traded company, right? right? Every time I buy stock, was a form four is filed. Oh yeah, I, I wanted right? to bring that up today. Yeah. Bring it up. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So a form four is filed, and basically that's public disclosure that me as an executive of buying and trading. So either I buy or sell our company stock. So you only if I get you RSUs, restricted stock units. You guys, it's all public information. It gets filed with the SEC, and anyone can look it up anytime. They, they can see how much you're buying of the company and how much you're selling of the company. And this is any executive at any publicly traded company if you're in the, the publicly reported. So the top five earners, usually it's your CEO, your president, and like the next three top earners. And depending on the industry, it could be other people. Right. But usually your top five earning executives. I happen to be one of those the organization we're at, right? right. So I get tagged on Twitter uh -huh. saying, what do you think about your colleague? <laughs> somebody somebody was paying attention paying attention right and then somebody else tags me saying because the colleague did something well so our colleague in the office sold some stock right when it was low and they're like ooh he's you know he's getting out ooh and it's these, bad ooh and, and basically what they were trying to do was you know read the tea leaves or try or they were trying to insinuate trying to infer in, something infer something right? like as if something is going wrong or whatever right and my response was is no he had a margin call yeah okay he didn't want to sell then any more than then you want to see him sell as as a, as a stockholder. I'm assuming, you Honest, know, yeah, yeah. So it's like, look, like he didn't like it. I'm sure it wasn't ideal for him, but that's what he chose to do for whatever reason. NBD, but, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, it's not that he's not going to be here. He's been here since 1990. Mm -hmm. You know, then the, the comment was, "Oh, you only bought two thousand dollars in stock." You, me, as in me personally. So because he pulled it up, and on Twitter, if you don't know this, if you, if you have um, the ticker symbol for any company whether it's on the NASDAQ or NYSE, mm -hmm. you can use what's called a cash tag. So you put the dollar symbol instead of the hashtag symbol in front of it and the ticker number. So in our case, you know, cash tag FFWM, and it pulls up all the conversations where that's been referenced like a hashtag. Oh, how interesting. Right? So you do that on Twitter, and I've been doing that because our stock price has, you know, kind of gone down the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I've, I mean, the entire sector. Yeah, the entire sector. So I've been, I've been monitoring the rhetoric. Right. Right? And I'm, I'm public. I'm out there. I tell the guy, I said, look, man, you can ask me any questions you want. I'm an open book. Let me explain to you why I only bought $2,000 worth of stock. Right. The way this works is, is there are certain windows for insiders. Yes. People to participate in the board meetings at executive level. And that the definition of insider varies depending on company and sector. But generally, if you have inside information, mm -hmm. the purposes of short swing profits or gains, yes. you're barred from buying during certain windows. Right. Right. These windows can typically happen before an earnings call. Before board meetings, they can, they can be every scheduled. Com every public traded company has this. Every com everyone does, right? Yeah. To stop insiders from trading and making money off stuff they know that they that they have exclusive access to. Exactly. Right? And it also applies to their families. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, the window opened up. I had $2,000 in cash in my, my, my trading account mm -hmm. that I got from dividends payouts. Mm -hmm. I bought with what cash I had in there. I wired in more money. By the time the wire settled, it was already after... The window closed and I was locked out as an insider. Yeah. And just to further detail, what they're trying to infer is like if you truly believed in the company, you would have bought way more than just two dollars. Yeah, the price shares. the price is low. Yeah. You would have bought like a lot more. And I did try. Yeah. Exactly. But the fact that I'm on Twitter responding to somebody who's got one follower mm -hmm. and is following zero people, <laughs> but is commenting on a lot of bank sector stuff. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that type of person is just creating multiple accounts just to troll whoever they can. Maybe, maybe not. You know, some people just don't want that exposure. And I'll say this, like, look, I'm, I am an open book. I will talk about these things and it makes, it's very unorthodox for a banker, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people online who call people out 
and question things and they look at these trades and they try to trade off of it and so what do you, what do you think is the benefit in that so i know you like to, you like to do it for me because or you're, because, just, you're an, because you're an open book and you like to have this type of dialogue i well, want transparency benefit, but okay but you're giving the transparency what you what are you what are you receiving did I say uh, thanks again? Arun's obsessed with me saying thanks instead of things. Yeah, thanks. Thanks instead of things. Thanks. Yeah, is, it a, things? Is, that, is it a Santa Ana thing? You, gotta, so you said thing too, though. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> Isn't that what he you said? Gotta, you got to start saying tings. Say thing. Tings. Things. No, it's thing. This guy's got all kinds of allergies. Yeah, we're all stuffy. We can't. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Why do I like doing it or why do people No, so like, it? yeah, you say I, li I like transparency. Well, you're providing the transparency. Like, like, are are you hoping that something like this can catch on and more people more people would do? No, I know it'll, it'll never happen. So, I, I think there's a, there's a disconnect yeah. there. I think it's a, I, I feel think like for it's my, a, it's my a free ethos, service. my ethos has always been like, look, like I'm not nefarious, mm -hmm. and I in my young in my youth, a lot of people accuse me of a lot of bad things, mm -hmm. and lying was chiefly among them. Right. So I go out of my way to be just completely transparent with things. I think a lot of people wouldn't. Right. That's why I don't have a problem talking about my ass getting laser hair removal, about me getting a hair transplant. Right. About like the you know the TRT and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I'm right. an open book, and look, I hope it helps somebody, mm -hmm. but I'm also not hiding a single damn thing. Yeah. And when it comes to the business, there's things that I have to because it's just insider information, stuff like that. Right. But I also want people to know I legitimately love the company we work for. Absolutely. It's my family. Like mm -hmm. I, I I appreciate well, you them. Built, you especially you built this thing from the ground we, up. We all did. And, and look, and it's it's one of those things where as a team. We work to get it to where it's at. Mm -hmm. And it breaks my fucking heart to think that we had, you know, layoffs. Yeah. To, if we did that and we don't persevere and survive and grow and expand. And then for what? Continue. Then for what? Right. You know, I, I we, we hurt some people just to protect the majority. But if we can't protect the majority at the end of the day, was it worth it? I don't know. Right. But we also have a fiduciary responsibility as shareholders and as executives of the company mm -hmm. to put the company first. And sometimes that's difficult to do. And to do what's best for the shareholder. But on a personal level, I want people to know that that's what we're doing. Right. There are people who are going to walk away from the company. They're going to hate us for the rest of their lives because they were laid off. I know. And I respect that. There's a lot of rhetoric going around about your boy, Greg Becker, CEO. Of yeah. He's a great example, right? So he's in Hawaii. Yeah. Like shortly a, after the Silicon a week, Valley. Less than a week, a week out. So the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank decides, and look, let's, look, let's go at it through his mindset, right? He's like, look, this all, the FDIC just came in and shut me down. We could paint this multiple ways. Exactly. You can paint it a lot of different ways. He says, I'm going to go to Hawaii and I'm just going to decompress. Yeah. It, I mean, you can only imagine the slew of messages and emails oh. he's getting. Oh my God. He's getting, he's getting torn into asshole every which way from Friday. Yeah. But here's the part I don't understand is like, why? If you're a shareholder and you lost your equity, I get it. I get it. If you if you had stock there and you lose it, I, I completely understand that you would be pissed off and you'd be like, hey, Becker, fuck you. I lost a lot of money on you. But again, you took a risk investing in a bank. And sure, you didn't think that it was going to go down to zero. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But any stock you own has a probability of going up or down. That's the risk of holding stock. Right. But the depositor. They got made whole and they got access to their money on Monday. Yes. Why are you mad? Why are you mad at Greg Becker from going to Hawaii? Yeah, look, I mean, is it so wrong the yeah. man goes to Hawaii afterwards? He <laughs> goes, goes to Hawaii, first class. And uh, they were in, in some of the articles, they were ripping him for going for What do you want him to do? You want him to ride coach? <laughs> he probably would have got insulted in coach. Can you, I mean. You're you Becker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
You motherfucker. Silicon Valley Bank, right? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm yeah. sitting next to you. Yeah. This is like Southwest now. I'm sitting this seat right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Apparently, yeah. It's not like he's staying at home. He's got a house out there. So he went to his own house. Which is also not a good look for the media right about now. <laughs> <I> <laughs> it's a townhome. I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, the promises that he probably gave people is like, look, listen, we're all going to be fine. Okay? Like, I'm, I serve on the San Francisco Fed. Served. Yeah, sir, served. No, this is what he was telling people yeah. before. Like, when shit was starting to hit the fan, he's like, look, they told me we're going to be good. We'll find it. We'll find a buyer. No problem. No, no, yeah, not, <laughs> yep. not gonna happen. Yeah, didn't happen. That, yeah. that didn't work out. That's why I feel now. like people people are upset with him. Well, before we get too far into that, let let let's let's go back to the regular scheduled events for today in B of A. Mm. According to Bloomberg, B of A gets more than fifteen billion dollars with a B mm. in deposits after SB, SVB fails. And I want to point out here, this is what I was worried about. Yep. If you want five banks in the U.S., and that's fine. If you want that, this might be it's what... It's not fine. I'm not saying that's fine. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. But I mean, that's, there are countries that that's what they have. Canada, great mm -hmm. example, right? There's like five banks. Understand, they're not going to go out on a limb in the same way that credit... I mean, you're not going to get the same level of concierge service. You're not going to get the credit extended that you once got in the market. You're not going to get small business focus. You're going to get a completely different institutional system. Right. Whatever. But B of A comes up $15 billion because of SVB's failure. That's not an accident, man. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people's fears, they took their money out and they, they took their money over, you know, to big box banks like B of A. So the quote from the article, Bank of America Corp mopped up more than $15 billion in new deposits in a matter of days, emerging mm -hmm. as one of the big winners after the collapse of three smaller banks, dented confidence in the safety of regional lenders mm -hmm. but man there's a lot of good adjectives dented mopped up whoever <laughs> wrote this was like all right let's yeah. go i'm ready listen the inflows offer a first glimpse into the deluge of deposits that made its way to the country's largest banks as customers fearful of a spreading crisis sought refuge in the firms seen as too big to fail mm -hmm. the money flowing into the second largest U.S. bank was described by people with direct knowledge of the matter who asked to be to not be identified because the information they have isn't public. That was close. Yeah. You almost got that all the way through. I was so proud of you. I know. And then I, at the end, I was like, this is not as important. No. I don't read it anyway. <laughs> no, but, but look, one thing that they did do. So in addition to this. Besides be greedy assholes. Well, hold on. They were, they, uh, what are they supposed to do? Refuse Jamie Dimon had a Turn full team going 24 hours a day before they failed. The night before they failed, he had mm -hmm. people working overnight to try to drag in deposits. And I guarantee you, if B of A got $15 billion, Jamie Dimon he's got, got more. He's got fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders. To his shareholders? Yeah, he's like, look, I'm going to bring Not in more deposits. That it makes us even stronger. Oh, look, look. man. Oh, look, it's wrong. argument there. It's wrong. He did was but hold on. It's wrong. It's wrong. But they also did this. If you if you want to knock them, we, we also got to give them credit, too. I have. A, you, I know where you're going to go with this, and I have a completely different backstory. But if you want to go into it, let's go For into First it. Republic? Yeah, go ahead. Knock yourself okay. out. Okay, so uh, 11 banks came to the rescue of First Republic Bank. Mm -hmm. At least they're, they're trying to. I don't know. So pause, I don't know. I don't pause know. right here. I don't know if they're actually going to get rescued. Just prior to that, J.P. Morgan Chase and I believe the Fed gave them a $70 billion line of credit. Yes. Which I believed when I first heard was convertible. What that means to you out there is if they default or if they want to, they can take ownership in the bank 
as a result of that line of credit. Obviously, they got to get something out of it too. If they yeah, don't, if they don't but get you're going to take them over essentially. Okay, J.P. Morgan Chase ain't doing that because they're friendly. They're doing that because you know what? Hey, I might be able to take this bank over for cheap. Okay, but look, if you can, if you can find a way to come out of it, look, this is your if this is the only lifeline you got. But in addition to that seventy billion dollar line, these eleven banks that came to the rescue, Citibank, Bank of America, and Wells each gave them five billion dollars. Okay, let's be honest here. Gave them five billion dollars sounds magnanimous. What they really did is put five billion dollars on deposit with First Republic Bank. Yes. And let me tell you how this conversation went in real life. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is. I, I want pull us behind the curtain. You're gonna be Jamie Dimon. I am. You're gonna be Jamie Dimon in this conversation. I, I know it's, it's hard for you to do. Yeah, you can be him right now, <laughs> so, not for a day. I, I, you, you get a solid. Two I minutes. instantly felt like I became sexier. Yeah, did you? <laughs> <laughs> we can do Jamie Dimon, Jim Cramer later. Let's, yeah. let's say that. <laughs> we'll do the reenactment later. All right, ring, ring. Uh, you know, you got multiple times. I pick it up the first first ring. No, you got an admin. Yeah. So you're not even. You're already not thinking like Jamie Diamond. You're right. You're right. The admin yeah. picks up right away. Who's that calling? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you answer the phone. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, uh, Jamie. Uh, this is the Fed. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Um, is everything right? Yeah. No. You know, we're good. You know how uh, we call you from time to time and we ask you to do stuff because you know you want to keep us happy. Yes. I need you to put deposits in uh, First Republic. Why would I do that? I just gave them $70 billion line. Because we're saying you should. Message received. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Every single one of those fucking banks. <laughs> Every single one of them. Well, if, that, if that's what's going on, good. good. Good by the regulators. No, 100%. The yeah. Good by the regulators. Good by, by the banks being forced to support one another on some level. 100%. But what's the exit strategy there? What do you mean? How long is... is no, is, because right now, right now, we've talked about this. It doesn't matter how well any of these... So a, a company like First Republic, who also had concentration to uh, venture capital, right? They also had exposure to some of the stuff that... Um, what's it called? Uh, what SVB had, right? Some some startups, maybe some tech startups as well. There was a okay? great article that I read, and I should have put it in the notes. I didn't do it because I was... I had a really shitty day uh, on Monday. Monday was fucking god awful. But I read this article which compared uh, the culture mm -hmm. at First Republic to the culture of Silicon Valley Bank and how First Republic was a very stuffy, traditional bank. Yeah. And Silicon Valley Bank was very tech founder. So no ties in the photos and very kind of yeah, like yeah. laissez faire, not high resolution, but the ones on the. First Republic site were all like photos and buttoned up and really, you know, yeah, um, dressed well. Like what and, you would think from an old fashioned bank. Yeah, exactly. And and they, the but the the end result was essentially the same. Didn't matter, despite the differences of their business plans, which was interesting. But right. I should have put it in the show notes. Maybe I'll find it and post it whenever we post this article. But so my my point being was like, look, they had exposure to some of those companies, and okay, they're going down, but we know of a lot of good good banks. That are in trouble, not because of anything they did wrong, but just out of fear. Yeah, so, contagion. Contagion. That sounds fucked up, man. Contagion sounds fucked up. Sounds, it needs to be a movie. It, it does sound like a movie. Yeah. It sounds like the pandemic starting all over again, but now like I'm Owen banks. Wilson needs to star in it. He's running away. Where is Owen Wilson these days? Have you seen him in some shit? I don't know, man. He's so good. So good. The nose. So, that's what makes him. Yeah. 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 I would, the imperfection makes you know what it I perfect. I wanted to watch again the other day. Remember that, that one, the Darjeeling Unlimited, where he's on a train in India with his brother. That's yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what I, I want to see. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, there was a wow. There was yeah, 2011 Contagion. I told you. Uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Okay, great. Produced by nobody. Uh, starring Marion Collard, Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, 
And Kate Winslet? What a cast, dude. I used wow, to, we fucked that dude, one. I'm not, I used to have a, a man crush on Jude Law for a little bit. Yeah, but I don't like his like really weird receding hairline. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. The imperfection is what it. makes him perfect. Good looking this is, face. Uh, very similar to COVID. Jason oh. is a 2011 American uh, medical they, thriller. That's they, a, that's a subcategory. Medical they thriller? foreshadowed COVID. Film directed by Steven Soderbergh. Its ensemble cast includes Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Mate Damon. Plot concerns a spread of highly contagious virus transmitted by respiratory droplets and fomites. Fomites. Mm-hmm. Attempts uh, by medical researchers by and public health officials to identify and contain the disease, the loss of social order as the virus turns into a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, we really didn't have a loss of social order. We just lost a lot of toilet paper. Right. Okay. So stay on track. Uh, that was on track. That's he brought the article up. So, so these these banks that are putting their deposits on there. Also, what they're doing. What I think you forgot to mention is they're guaranteeing that they're keeping the deposits at these institutions for a certain period of time. Because it, it gives, in theory, it gives the consumer confidence that they have the financial wherewithal to weather whatever storm comes at them exactly. from a depository perspective. So this is they deserve kudos for this. I think the I system des- deserves kudos for it. I don't right. know that they, the banks that, that contributed, had a choice, if I'm right, being honest. Right, but this, is, this, this type of rhetoric, rhetoric needs to be going around more. This type of information needs to be spread more on how... Look, there's no reason for anyone to be fearful about your deposits. Your deposits are going to be fine. Other banks, everyone else is... I agree, but okay, so here's... My my job is to be strategic. It's one of my only skill sets. Like I can't read clearly, right? And being strategic and being somewhat thoughtful about what may happen in the future. Right. That's why I was a, a decent underwriter, right? Right. Um, if you start thinking about this from a strategic perspective, First Republic may have been bailed out, but... Pack West in the same market, they may not be, and they've had no billion dollar line of credit, no in, infusion of billions of dollars that we know about. That we know about, and certainly they would want to put out some kind of press release to get the the consumer confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their entire management team, for the most part, bought stock uh, in themselves. So they're trying to do all the right things. Okay, these are only a couple banks. There are a lot of banks across the country we don't know about that are that are struggling from the same problem, right? So there is a likelihood there will be a failure between now and the next FOMC meeting. And certainly after the FOMC meeting, depending on what is or is not said, right. that there could be. But there's also Credit Suisse, bro. I mean, this is what this is what's crazy is that when Jerome Powell came out and was speaking on Capitol Hill, the likelihood of a 50 basis points increase was up like it was like at 80 percent. Okay. And all when all those reports were coming out, okay, the it was at a fifty base points increase was one hundred and seventy something percent probability on the world of trade probability on Bloomberg, which right. effectively means twenty five percent is guaranteed, and you had a seventy some percent so seventy to 80, seventy to eighty yeah. percent chance that it was going to be fifty basis points. Then immediately after that, when all this stuff started coming out about uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and you know there was all this contagion rhetoric going around. 50 basis points went out the window and it was like a 50-50 shot between the Fed not doing anything and a 25 basis point. Now it's up to approximately, it's leaning more more towards 25 basis points. I think it's like a 75% chance. It's still below 100% probability. Yeah, still, it's like it's a 75% chance that they're going to go increase by 25 basis points. Significantly greater than not at this point in time. Right. And what I think that what the Fed, is, what they're going to say, what Drone Powell is going to come out and say is... 
we don't feel like you know the raising of the Fed borrowing rate is has any effect on what's going on with these banks that have been failing. That that's the rhetoric that's going to come out. Well, you know, when when situations like this come up, there there is a voice of reason that I turn to when I want to know what I should be thinking. Oh, oh. There, there, there is, there is somebody. Noriel? Noriel Rubini, Dr. Doom, no. Despite popular belief. No, yeah, it is, it's not you, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) As handsome and as thick as your voice might be. Um, (laughs) As your voice. I like to turn to the one and only Dave Ramsey. Oh, man. And, and get his input on some of these really, really important current macroeconomic effects because nobody knows better than the Ramsey. The Ramsey. The Ramsey, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think it's not really even his last name. I think he's trying to hearken back, back to a time, mm-hmm. like maybe like an ancient philosopher where he just adopted the last name Ramsey. Oh, okay. Like they might have been his Egyptian name. Yeah. So Saint Thomas Ramsey. Yeah, the great Pharaoh Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Arun, if you would be so kind as to bless us with the one and only Dave Ramsey's logic on what is going on with Silicon Valley Bank, it might provide us all clarity. Okay. Silicon Valley Bank was collapsed on last week. The reason was pretty simple. Number one, you need to understand this about their bank. The vast majority of the customers in that bank were hedge funds, venture capitalists, and tech startups. They were not mom and pop. That's not who they catered to. Okay? So to put that in perspective, FDIC insurance of 250000 covers your, up to 250000 the government covers your deposits in the event of a bank failure. Right? The typical bank, it covers... 75 to 80% of the deposits. In other words, somebody, some people have, rich people have $500,000 or, or $800,000 or a million dollars or something in, in a, your local bank, but most people are $250,000 and under. This bank was the inverse of that. North of 90% of the deposits are not covered. That means these were all multi-million dollar customers sitting in that bank. So these were players. <laughs> and they got they done got caught. Okay, this is what happened. I think you stopped so there. This does not. <laughs> yeah, players. One hundred five thousand likes, huh? They are players, and uh, one of those likes was the one and only Mind Pump Adam. Mm, he's trolling us, man. Adam Schaefer, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, I you know just, he's trolling us. I know you know I see this shit, man. Yeah, and I know you're liking this just to fuck with me, player. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is this? Yeah, man. Come on now. I mean, that is all the injury. 105 Look, what he said. and 10 other people like this shit and you. Yeah. I mean, what he said is the same stuff we said, too. I just. Well, I disagree with some of the things that he said. Number one, FDI insurance for $250,000. Sure, that covers the majority of people. Yes. If you're a community or regional bank. Yes. Most of the people you're going to be working with are entrepreneurs. Yes. And people that are involved in the community. But there's a still a significant likelihood that those people will be. Banking, the people that are, you know, FTSC insured people, people who are not that category will be banking with a larger bank. So, right. you know, for this is one of those times where other than the use of the word players, <laughs> um, I agree with Mr. Ramsey. Right. And I'm doing this to say that even though I hate somebody, yeah, you know, I can still agree with you on time. Are you time. standing in Olive Branch? I'm no, I'm not. I'm I'm not. Fuck. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably been drinking too much. Yeah. This gave me a perfect opportunity to say, "Shame on you, Adam." Yeah. And you know what? Dave Ramsey's not wrong. 
Right. They did cater to uh, a higher, more sophisticated net worth individual. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they should be punished for that. That Who? was a bit the bank. The bank. So, no. Even though they failed. Okay. Okay. You're saying the depositor shouldn't be punished. The depositor shouldn't be failed for, but I don't think the bank. I mean, look, it was it was a business plan. And it worked for a long ass time. But what do you mean they shouldn't be punished? Like, are you saying you're saying I don't that think they, we should, they should let I don't him think fail? you should look at Becker on a plane and be like, that guy's a motherfucker. He no, 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 no. But uh, what I want to make are you clear, are you saying that, that we shouldn't let them fail? Like, we should save the shareholder? No, no, I don't. I don't think you should. I think that's part of the risk. Yeah. Right. Like, I, yeah. you know, our our stock price has dropped over fifty percent. So, I mean, am I? What am I going to do? Right. You know, I'm not asking for a bailout. I'm asking the opportunity to continue to grow and try to make things happen. And yes, and that really isn't the, the stock price decision that that's, can the bank survive decision? That's a different conversation. Right. Um, and whatever run they incurred. Now I do think Peter Thiel and uh, Lawrence over at Y Combinator who, who contributed to the run on deposit with the rhetoric mm -hmm. and people who are in the social media sphere who are like, get your money out. I think some of those people should face liability for that right. because it's up, it's their fault. The shareholder got wiped out. Mm -hmm. In my mind, that, that's tantamount to securities fraud. You convince the public to pull all of their money out, right, without a single reference point of value. Maybe if they had something that I didn't know, maybe they're trading on insider information. I don't. I don't know. But right. I'd say they had problems there. Sure, I, I get it. This but, is this is the same stuff. Same same thought process. People were going down when they were trying to get Elon in trouble. Hundred percent, and Elon, what Elon did, did was questionable. Right. So I'm not, I'm not saying he's different, yeah. and I like Elon Musk. Don't yeah. me wrong. Yeah. So I got this update from BlackRock. This is actually not an article. It was an email that came out, so I can't really share it quite the same way. This is a bit of a long one, so I apologize in advance for how fucked up my reading's going to be here. But this is the latest sector update from BlackRock, and this does speak to the interest rate increases that um, Said and I were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So the collapse of two sizable U.S. regional banks and the decisive, or yep, decisive, and unprecedented response by the FDIC and Treasury showcase the real-world practical consequences of rapid financial tightening, like we talked about earlier, right? Right. This may and should be, in our view, persuaded. Uh, persuade the Fed. This may and should, in our view, persuade the Fed to soften the tone and implied actions of its recently trumpeted hawkish messaging. Mm -hmm. I mean, my defense, I mean, it was kind of written like with weird grammar. It was. According to uh, Hover Analytics, BlackRock and Federal Reserve Board, as of 2-28-2023, regional banks are responsible for nearly half of American business and consumer lending and now face the likelihood of heightened cost of capital. Further deposit leakage and increased need to over collateralize so as you might think here this is not good for the banking community no and they're saying this like we've referred to in the past happened too fast it's not ideal and it if, Them, if banks needed to take these measures yeah i mean it's it's putting a lot of stress and pressure on the system and if half half of your lending mm -hmm. half of your deposits in the system are with community regional banks right that's they're there for a reason Mm -hmm. Right. And that that's what this is all about. Yeah. Such cracks across the sector might incite break taps in lending. Not might, it will. Okay. And less lending could represent real financial tightening. That's that's the whole point. Yep. Which again, this could be why the Jerome Powell hasn't said anything. This is what he wants. Yes. Right. This arguably has greater potential to adversely impact the economy than the slower or slower 
drip of ongoing Fed target rate increases. We believe elevated banking sector risks and tighter loan availability puts the prospect of additional Fed rate hikes in a new, less favorable light. The volatility already seen in rates between February and March could signal rising economic risk. From our portfolio-centric perspective, regardless of whether a formal recession materializes, these banking-related developments, along with recent earnings and economic data combined to suggest potential downside risks for stock have become more pronounced. Mm -hmm. Effectively suggesting this is going to bleed over farther right. into to trading in the stocks. Right. So, and then I guess to piggyback off of this even more, I think people at the Fed knew. Uh, th they obviously are very privied to a, a bank like Silicon Valley that they have high concentration in the tech space. I think the proper vernacular is very privy. Is it privied? Oh, they're very privy. Is it privy? You're going to correct me after all the bullshit that I just heard. I didn't correct you not one time. I feel like I read that pretty well. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Those three okay. paragraphs, and I got so, most of it. The Fed is very aware. You ever thought that maybe I go through some of these paragraphs and I want to read word for word because I want to add a little bit of sass? A little bit, really? My little, you know, just paraphrase my it? little spin. Or you didn't prep for the show. You just wanted to hear so you could read I'm going to be honest. I did not prep for the show. I felt like dog shit. No. Well, yeah. you lived this shit. This, this is all You wrong. lived this shit. You I lived did. this shit all week long. <laughs> this is all week long for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, the Fed is very aware of what concentrations which banks have, right? So, I'm I'm certain that with the rate hikes that, that they delivered and they saw the layoffs in the tech space, that sector got hit first in the fintech space as well, right? Some people over there had to have known that this is not a good look for some of these banks. Now, I'll this, say this. This actually might be worthwhile to pause and note. So not all banks are regulated by the same regulators. Right. So you can have a California state non-member bank, which is uh, regulated by the uh, FDIC and mm -hmm. the DFPI, Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Does it depend on size? Used to be the DBO. They can actually choose, and it also depends on size. Okay. Um, you have the Consumer Protection Finance Bureau, um, CFPB, that comes in at some point in time, and they, they, they're there over certain sizes as well. You can have the Fed regulate you in the state. I mean... If they have FDIC insurance, the Fed is part of that regulation. So there's, right. there's all sorts of different varying combinations of this. Right. So it's so, not just one regulator per se. Right. So, but a bank like Silicon Valley Bank being at the size of, I think they're valued at 200 billion. Just under 250, which was the next level up for scrutiny. Okay. So, so also worthwhile to note, as you grow in size for a bank, the level of complexity of the due diligence you're required to do in maintaining yourself. Yes. And the burdens on you grow. So if you cross over like the $10 billion mark, you have additional stress testing, additional exams. Mm -hmm. Once you're, When you're below $10 billion, you have effectively one exam a year. Okay. When you're over $10 billion, you have a constant exam cycle pretty much every quarter. You're talking to your regulators. Right. And then at some point, you actually physically get somebody in the building who's there at all times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, working for the Fed. Working for your primary regulator. Your regulator. But gotcha. in the building, and the regulator is always in the building, constantly like you know auditing you, regulating you. Damn, that's gotta be mad uncomfortable. Not really. I mean, if you if you do I this mean, the right way, do, you should be having a sound practice, you anyways. Should, and you should have a, a good relationship. And frankly, in my my perspective, you use them as a resource, right? But a bank like Credit Suisse, on the other hand, yeah, you know, it's it remains to be seen. So they're valued at seven hundred billion. Okay. They, they they are um they are truly what could be the Lehman Brothers 
of this economic cycle. Yeah, and I know that you know they're based out of Switzerland. They're right? Swiss. The yeah. Swiss. Yes. The so the franc. So, as much as people may not realize, that will have rippling effects across the entire global financial market. Yes, okay? so don't, don't quote me here, but I believe Credit Suisse was a correspondent bank in addition. So the smaller banks use larger banks for different parts of their business, mm -hmm. right? But bigger banks like of this size, yes, smaller banks use them. Mm -hmm. So them going down could dramatically impact Right and have reverberating effects into the system. Right. So them and let's be on let's be honest here with one another. Credit Suisse has had problems for a long time. Yes, they have. And the Saudis who own a good portion of them, they were like, "Fuck you guys, you're on your own." Yeah, we're out. We're out. Yahtzee. Yeah. Like, we don't Yahtzee. Need, yeah. And then they got a lifeline of fifty four billion dollars. Uh, I think from the, Swi from the Swiss government. Swiss government. Yeah. yeah 50, from the, 50 billion from, from the government. So here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting with them. So once all this news started to come out, and Noriel Rubini, Doctor Doom, was was on, I think, Bloomberg, and he was talking about it. He's like, it remains to be seen whether, you know, if they're too big to fail. Like, they, they, there's some banks that are so big that you just cannot let fail. But they're also not a U.S. bank either. Yes. No, I know. So the uh, European Central Bank, after all this information has been coming out. The pimp slapped them with 50 basis points. They're like, I don't give a fuck. We're still raising 50 basis points. Hey, man. Uh, Credit Suisse, have a, yeah, you have a hard time over there? Yeah. So I'll get my baby powder out. <laughs> get my baby powder out. Yeah. <laughs> get them on the line. Yeah. I want to tell them first. Yeah. We're going to give you 50 uh, billion francs, <laughs> but then I'm going to bitch slap you with 50 <laughs> basis points, which is why we gave you those francs in the first place. Okay? That's so good. Oh, man. So uh, for anyone that's keeping track, um, they went, so they're obviously having inflation issues over there as well. Their borrowing rate went from 2.5% to 3%. So less than ours, but still a 50 basis point increase is nothing to like, you know, turn your cheek over. The Saudi National Bank is Credit Suisse's largest investor. After acquiring, an, acquiring, yeah. acquiring an almost 10% stake in the bank last year, asked if the Saudis would be willing to buttress, <laughs> one of my favorite words, uh, the bank with more funds. Saudi National Bank Chairman uh, Amar Al-Kudari? told Bloomberg TV on Wednesday, the answer is absolutely not for many reasons. Oh my God, these guys are so crazy. <laughs> he came out and was like, yeah. <laughs> someone slap him again. Yeah, he's like, were well, you going to help him? Nope. <laughs> it's so bad. He said the Saudi stake was currently at 9.8%, which is a reportable number over 9%. Uh, and ownership over 10% would activate a host of higher regulatory and statutory rules we're not inclined to get into new uh, into a new regulatory regime. He added, mm -hmm. "Neighboring uh, Qatar Sovereign Wealth Fund is another large investor in Credit Suisse, with six point eight percent stake. Mm -hmm. It is yet to publicly comment on the matter, right? Because they're too busy not giving a fuck, right? So, with all this going on, I, I think it's going to take some time for the public to really buy into the fact that their deposits are truly safe. I know Yellen's uh, been, you know." On on TV every day talking about the depositors are safe. I don't like her. Yeah, they're they're trying to reverse engineer. But like they're I telling will say people her how messages as of late have been the right messages. Yeah. But I don't like her. Yeah, she should be getting her boy JP on the phone. Yeah, Jerome Powell has been at home. Well, he's gonna cut cigars. Gonna, no, he has bro. He's sweating. He's sweating this. No, he's not. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why no, he's sweating. He's not. Let me tell you he why he's sweating this. Because I think he knows. I think he knows that. Look, is a two percent target really going to happen? 
Okay. Look, I don't have a problem with two percent target. I know you don't, but, but he's it, like, you can't go this hard at the market, man. Let, so let me, so let me, so let me. At some point, if you're trying to attract like an attractive woman, you got you got to back off a little bit. <laughs> what do you, you know mean? what I mean? Uh, you can't be going full chase? tilt. You got to let her chase a little. You got you got to let her chase. You. It's, it's a subtle dance, right? Uh -huh. In this case, the attractive woman's two percent. Sometimes you can't be like. I am going to sleep with you right now. Yeah, it's which is what Jerome Powell's doing in the market. He needs to have a little bit more respect. Yeah, he's. I'm fucking you tonight. Yeah, that's he, what he's saying. He needs to be a gentleman about it. Though. And he's not being a gentleman about it. Yeah. And, we're, and it's not very classy. And yeah. I got to tell you, the market's responding in a not good way. Jan, don't don't bring up pictures of Ruin of Johnny Yellen. <laughs> that's fine. It's very. It's very. You think he was doing it for us or for himself? It, it's gross. This guy's got advertisements for Puss in Boots. Puss in Puss in Boots. <laughs> so this is Chris's computer. <laughs> no, that's it's your computer, Chief. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound engineer and video engineer's computer. So right now, to. the Fed borrowing rate is at four point seven five percent. We can pretty much, I think. Are you? Have you made your prediction yet? Twenty five basis points. Twenty five basis points. Me too. Yeah. So that'll take us to 5%. Now, market I will say that is a very unsure prediction because the market has been very unstable and I'm Well, I don't think they're very going, negative. Today. I'm 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 guaranteed they're not doing 50. If anything, it goes the other way where they do nothing. Okay? I, I hope I hope that's true. I really do. And the only way it goes down to nothing and we've said this before, the only way the Fed backs off of this you know, entire rate hike that they've been on is for some major financial crisis in the markets. I think we've had a major financial well, crisis in the market. Well, it's, no, it, we're, on, we're on the precipice. It's like we're right there. What, if this is not it for you, what is what is a major what, financial crisis? A major, bro. Does one more bank have to fail for you to feel like there's a crisis? No, a major bank. Like if the word is con contagion has been thrown around the news all day long, every day. But, that, but that's not a crisis. That's just fear. Contagion is not a crisis. Mm -mm. Do we need to go watch one of these scary it's, it's movies fear. until until banks actually collapse? It's not a crisis. That's how what? he. I'm saying that's how he looks at it. Signature Bank collapsed. Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. Not, not big enough. Silvergate Bank collapsed. Not big enough. Oh, come on, come on. The crypto, second largest bank books. in history to go down in in Silicon Valley Bank is not I'm big saying, enough. I'm saying it's not big enough, right? Because if it was big enough, if it was big enough, then it, we'd be seeing even crazier effects. The second largest bank to ever fail is not big enough. I don't think I don't think it's big enough for Jerome Powell. I, I call bullshit. I, I don't just... think it's big enough for Jerome Powell. I'm okay. saying is it big enough for me? Maybe. Yeah, sure. But it's not big enough for Jerome Powell. Because look, we <laughs> listen. So what's gonna happen is the market expect... I like the record to show that I play this this classy. Yeah, okay. They're not big enough for Jerome Powell. I played very classy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. With the cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> played very, I've chosen to be the bigger person. It's not big enough for Jerome. I am big enough for Jerome Powell. You, you're big enough for him? Yeah. Yeah? All right. So um, market expectations are the Fed's going to stop at 5%, meaning this in on March 22nd, this will be the last rate hike. Let me tell you what's going to happen. When he comes out and he delivers his message and he's like, the new terminal rate, this 5.75%, that's going to send the market into a frenzy. You really think that's going to be the new terminal rate, though? No, I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you, if the market is expecting 5% and he comes out saying anything other than that, it's going to get wild. I expect it to be wild anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I expect, I expect it to be very wild. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm, I'm nervous. People I'm, are already struggling right now. People couldn't pay their bills. People had inflation mm -hmm. concerns. The banks now that not not only are they worried about paying their bills, mm -hmm. but they're worried about their money in the bank with which they use to pay their bills. Right. I had some information here too on credit cards. No, stop that. That was I gave you the greatest segue in the world of the CBS News article. Oh. Arun, 
Some of us are here are professionals, some of us are not. Okay. <laughs> More Americans say they can't pay their bills. Here are states where it's the worst. From the article, about 36% of consumers say it has been somewhat too very difficult for them to pay their usual bills in the last seven days, according to the Census Bureau's most recent household public survey. Keep in mind, these are delayed. This is before all this shit happened. Right. So, the uh, uh, according to the Census Bureau's most recent household survey, which gathers responses in the first two weeks of February, that represents 25% increases compared with a year earlier and is higher than even in the early months of the pandemic when households were buoyed with expanded unemployment and aid and stimulus checks. So, mm -hmm. unemployment and stimmies, and now, yet now, more than them, problems. Problems. Per a survey from Bankrate, one-third of Americans say their credit card debt outweighs their current emergency savings. Oh, I did not see that article. Yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't was, surprise me at all, sadly. Yeah, I mean, sa I sadly, and we, and we've talked about, you know, savings accounts, but um, the average interest rate on credit cards has officially surpassed 20%. Wow. The, the chart that Arun's pulling up right now, what state is that? The dark one right there? What is that? Is that Mississippi? Mississippi? Damn, y'all got some problems in Mississippi. 52.9% <laughs> struggle to pay the bills. We're sorry. Damn. That's that's rough. New Mexico's on there, Arun. You know about that. 47.2% yeah. <laughs> struggle to pay bills. Sluggle? Sluggle. I'm... I'm on like so many meds right now just to be able to do this show. Yeah. I recognize I sound like an asshole and I'm slurring a little bit. But. And we really, really hope this show is able to air Tuesday. Yeah, if you hear this on Wednesday, it's Saeed and Arun's fault. No, it's uh, it's Arun's fault. Okay, fair enough. It's Arun's fault. Always his fault. We love you, though. Yeah, we do love you. Yeah. All Fuck right. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get into the bills, shall we? Let's do it. Um, there's a bill in particular that I want to talk about. Uh, no, no, you're right there. Arun. Keep going back up. There you go. From Saeed's article, banks borrow 164.8 billion from the Fed and rush to backstop liquidity. Mm -hmm. That's a bill. <laughs> exactly. So that, what that, a lot of what a, a... so keep keep this in mind with all what we've been experiencing, or what at least people haven't really felt it because we didn't see it up until this month. Um, the quantitative tightening that's been going on. Ooh, three hundred billion the wrong way this month. Completely reversed every penny. Yeah, every penny the Fed has pulled out of the system. Reverse three hundred billion back in. Yeah, that chart looks like a middle finger. So it, I think it remains to be seen. We got to dive into the details. I didn't have time to to figure out exactly where that money is going and how much of it is actually going back into the economy directly. Um, but that's not good, kids. No, it's not good. And the bank's borrowing $164.8 billion from the Fed and rushed to backstop. They're talking about the discount window at the Fed. Mm -hmm. uh, so the borrowing surged. That, that was also in the Fed's. The Fed was really pushing banks to borrow. And the reason why was, is in the Fed's mindset, at least this is my interpretation, mm -hmm. is if another bank were to fail and there were a run on banks, you having access to extra liquidity to prop up your bank, in the yes. fear that deposits would be running out mm -hmm. would make more banks safe. So what, what kind of measures are, are you allowed to even talk about? What kind of measures banks are doing to make sure that, you know, they have like an emergency line? So banks typically have an emergency line anyway. Oh, so okay. you're, you're required under regulation to have a contingency funding plan in the worst case of I think it's scenario. good. That's good for consumers to know that like yeah. there is an emergency line in place. 
Now, how big that is and what the bank did and you know what it looks like for them, it, it varies. Okay. Um, but yeah, banks are, are required by regulation to have a contingency funding, funding plan. Mm-hmm. You know, worst case event scenario, these things happen. Banks also undergo stress testing as well. Uh, part of the controversy around Silicon Valley Bank's failure was if they were higher up than $250 billion, which they actively worked to stay underneath, mm-hmm. they would have had more aggressive stress testing. I do believe that that probably wouldn't have stopped what happened to them. Right. So I don't know that there's any value there per se, but I, I do think that that they probably had a, a stress testing plan if there was a liquidity issue. And, and I don't think that that plan called for a $40 billion liquidity run. Right. Plus the securities portfolio they had issues with. It was crazy. I just thought about this. Like these banks are going are having to jump through hoops to stay alive. Yeah. But when uh, the U.S. government runs into problems, they just raise the debt ceiling. 79 times in a row. Hey, we're different though. You know, we're the government. Raise that bitch. You know, we could pay this down <laughs> or we could just increase our credit limit. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, just. Just keep it all keep it all moving up. You see what Larry Summers said today? Raise twenty five. Larry Summers said he would be appalled. He would be just beside himself mm-hmm. if we did not increase rates twenty five basis points. Why would we back off? He served on Clinton's administration, right? Yeah, we can serve on my ass. What he can serve <laughs> on? Why? You, are, so you're against it? You you think that we should hold off? I I think you should pause. I'm not saying cut rates. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you should start pause. the pause. So Summers warns Fed against, quote, financial dominance urges rate hike. Well, look, that's the, the rhetoric that the rhetoric that Jerome Powell's been saying all along is we're more fearful of not doing too much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're doing too little. We're yeah. More, yeah, that's a, yeah. 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 That's a quote. Yeah. You said it weird when you're looking at me. I just I didn't know how to take it. <laughs> I was like, why is he looking at me like that, bro? It's weird. Deep in your optics. Yeah. Deep in my optics and eyeballs in my optics. Um. I think you got to pause. I think you got to pause and let let there be like a couple of months. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking May. Yeah. You know? Let there be a couple of months. Everybody get their bearings. Let the consumer get confident. Well, you know what a lot of rhetoric- Let's figure this out. What it, a lot of the rhetoric that I hear that's going on, and I, I, would, I think you're the only person that is qualified to answer this on wow. the show. To answer this on the show. Okay? I object. <laughs> you object. Um, is that- what we're hearing is an uproar for the first time from a lot of the people who donate to these political parties mm-hmm. about these rate hikes are yep. you know these big banks. Yep. Right. And the and, big banks and what all saying, have groups that literally lobby. And what they're saying they go to the they go to the White House, they go to the East Coast, they go to D.C. and they lobby mm-hmm. for political reform. And Silicon Valley Bank was doing this too. And what journalists and a lot of talking heads are saying is they're coming out now because now it's affecting them. When, when a lot of people were losing their jobs before, they stayed silent. Yeah. It, it didn't affect them. It, don't, it doesn't matter. 100% dead-ass accurate. <laughs> she said dead-ass yep. accurate. Dead-ass yeah, accurate. Didn't affect, me from, <laughs> didn't affect me before, so, uh, I mean, it's a simple concept. part of the process. It, it, that was a YP, and now it's an MP. <laughs> that was your problem, and now it's my problem. You're so honest. That's what it is. I mean, I'm just saying, like, like it. People out there were, were, you know, were, were. Okay, but just, but for the Fed now, now remove yourself from the situation, mm-hmm. even though you can't because you have fiduciary responsibility twenty four hours of the day. But remove if the Fed's target is to get the inflation number down, isn't isn't a isn't a bank like Silicon Valley Bank have to go down in order to get there? 
Signature Bank, maybe a couple others. Well, that's that certainly, that's certainly one thought is, you know, um, so here, here, there's, there's a problem with this logic. Okay? okay. So you could argue that the Fed's theory is banks need to consolidate. Okay. One of the functions of the Fed, however, is bank regulation. So he's literally hurting himself and his team because they will have less people to regulate. But they're already understaffed. We know that. Mm, the Fed is actually pretty decently staffed. Think so? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, not not overly staffed, but you know, they're they're okay. Mm -hmm. It's not like the SEC. The SEC is massively understaffed. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's not my bias. To be honest with you, I know the implications to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Right. If there's less banks and less competition, great example. Chase just sent an email saying for private clients like me, they're going to give you three point eight percent rate, man. Right. On your deposits. Well, community banks are paying four and a half and five percent. Yeah. This is a damage to the consumer. But so this is, this is the problem. The rate environment that these tech startups were surviving at, okay? I'm not saying they should have survived. No, I That's know. That's a risky they, business. They were, they were never going to survive long term. Some yeah, some no. It some depends. no. And if 50% of your accounts are tech startups- yeah, that, that's, you that's were bound, tremendously high risk. You were bound to fail. That wasn't, I mean, that was- Yeah, that's fine. But you should have failed because the credit losses mounted or because they pulled out money they didn't have in the accounts. So they mm -hmm. couldn't fund their accounts. Yeah. It shouldn't be because Peter Thiel sent a message saying, take your money out of there if you have over $250,000. You think- That's the wrong way to go about it. Mm. That's my problem. I don't have a problem with a bank failing because they had a bad business model. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel bad for Silvergate Bank. I don't feel bad for Signature Bank. And I don't feel bad for Silicon Valley Bank. Right. But I will say, in Silicon Valley Bank's instance, it wasn't their bad business model that took them down, which frankly may have taken them down anyway. Yes. Which Peter Thiel was alluding to being a problem. But it was this media outcry which caused a run on banks. And then that permeated the markets and impacted other banks who didn't deserve that. Right. They just didn't. They're just, they're just not enough qualified people to talk about this topic. There are so many people on CNBC who I had such a high regard for that I listened to, not Jim Cramer, mm -hmm. uh, all the time. And I've heard them talk about this topic on banking. And as me, as somebody who knows banking well, I am stunned at how much they don't know about what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And they still try to speak as a subject matter expert. Right. And you're like, why? And the other thing that pisses me off to no end, I'm going to say it, and this is not me crying for media attention. Okay. This is me just saying like, why the fuck are you interviewing Brian Moynihan? Yeah, yeah. Why the fuck are you interviewing Jamie Dimon about community banking? I understand they run the biggest banks in the world. Right. But they're not going to give you the front lines. Right. They're not going to give you the other side. Yeah. When is the last time you saw on television a community bank from a smaller bank? explaining what they deal with on, on a daily basis. Yeah, that doesn't give them ratings. doesn't give them ratings. It's not a big name. Mm -mm. And it's not somebody who has political connections. Yeah. But that's not the front lines, man. Yeah, I know. So exactly. There's not enough qualified people to, to talk about this and ask the right questions in order to set the stage, you know, for, to, you know, for what the consumer should expect. Mm. That, that, in, in my opinion, that's, that's the problem. Like, we said before, too many assholes with microphones and then people just go with it and run with it. And look, at the end of the day, I get it. A lot of people, this isn't what people want to spend their free time doing is reading about, you know, 
Is my money safe or not? It's, it's not safe. Fuck it. I'm going to take it to a safe place. And I just don't want to have to worry about it. But see, that's not true though either. So there's the Intrify program mm -hmm. where if you go to any bank, I think almost every bank I know of subscribes to this program. You go to a bank um, like Silicon Valley Bank. Right. And you want to have 100% FDIC coverage. Mm-hmm. And accounts over two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You could do that. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to actually. You're going to get a lower that. rate. You won't get like five percent or four percent. It's at the institution level or on a per account level. What do you mean? So, like, to get insured above two hundred fifty thousand dollars, vesting and at the institution. Got it. Right. So, and they have to. How much is it? It's obviously. So, if you're getting more coverage, you got to pay more. I mean, how much more are we talking? You don't even have to. If you go to the Intrify, you don't pay anymore. It's transparent to you as a consumer. Yeah. It's the Cedars ICS program. So if you wanted to go into it, right, you call your bank and see if they offer something like this. If you go into Cedars, the, it's CDs. Mm -hmm. Intrify is like money market accounts, right? And if you go into the program, basically you get a statement that says, I have $250,000 $250, with my primary bank. Then I have $250,000. Let's say you have a million dollars. Put it into your primary bank. They're going to syndicate out to three other banks $250,000. Okay. Now you have access to all your money the same way as a million dollars through your primary bank, through your online accounts. Mm -hmm. To you, it looks like the exact same thing. Right. But you actually have $250,000 with several different accounts. Mm -hmm. Now, the way it works is they basically sweep out and sweep back in. So the primary bank has all full million there. Right. But it's syndicated through three other banks. Mm -hmm. Now, people would say, well, why would the three other banks do that? It's because they can have accounts with $10 million into it and man manage on their balance sheet and give their clients 100% coverage. Right. Right. So everybody wins when they contribute to this program. Mm -hmm. That program has been out there for a long time. Yeah. But people got greedy. So yeah, it's not, it's not marketed enough. It's not marketed enough because people want the highest interest rate. Mm -hmm. Do you want the highest interest rate or do you want your money to be secure? Right. It, this, this was never a concern, especially not the last 14 years. Yeah, but that, that's the reality there, right? So yeah. because that's an option out there, people don't understand they can take that option, but you're not going to get 5% or 4% on your rates. Mm -hmm. And therein lies the problem. And I'll say this, is the, the government stepped in on Silicon Valley Bank and on Signature Bank and said, look, 100% of your deposits are guaranteed. You have access on Monday. Right. So what, what are you worried about if you're a consumer? Yeah. A bank fails well, and it's what? It's what? It's what you said on the last episode. They didn't do a good enough job and say all depositors at all banks. But they didn't do that on purpose. Yes. Because, well, we know Silicon Valley Bank didn't get that. I'm sorry, not, not Silicon Valley. Um, Silvergate. Silvergate Bank. Sorry. Yeah. We know they didn't get that. Yeah. And maybe that's the reason why they didn't say all banks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Man. Well, I am sick as a dog. It's late on a Friday night, and I got to be up super early. Oh, hour 20 in. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. We had that, we had that one question we'll get to it next time. What, what question was that? Somebody messaged you a question. Oh, we'll get to it next, next time. Okay. Especially because I don't know when this episode's going to come out. Oh, that's right. Could come out on Tuesday, come come out on Wednesday, but we'll get to the other one. Okay. So that was a treasury's question, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think I've had Arun, you got uh, Arun, you got anything? Anything up over there? Yeah. The booth? Nope, we're good. Gucci? We're Gucci. Straight Gucci down to the socks. Gucci. What is that? It's a rap it's a rap lyric. That's a rap reference? I think so. You listen to rap? No. 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 These days I listen to C N B C That's <laughs> that's when you know you're old. That's what I listen to in the morning when I drive in C N B C. Oh man, I know. I have uh, XM Radio, Sirius XM, and that's what I listen to. I, my wife made fun of me the other day. I woke up in the morning, I got up. I never like to check my phone the first thing I get up because that's like I don't, I don't, I don't want to get used to that. That's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. But I'll start to brush my teeth, and after I brush my teeth, I'll open my phone the first, and then I'll start to check. And she'll like walk past me, and she'll see it. I'm like on CNBC, 
I'm looking at stuff. She's like, who are you? <laughs> what have you become? <laughs> I, um, I've got two mobile phones and I'm checking, I'm checking them pretty much around the clock. Yeah. Well, and you're getting phone calls around the clock too. Yeah. I get phone calls around the clock too, but, um, hopefully this next week will be a little bit lighter. If this next week is just as bad as this last week, just don't talk to me. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been. Able, I haven't done shit on social media. I haven't, I haven't like spoken to anybody. I haven't done anything. And then towards the end of the week, I just started feeling like shit. But mm. it it has been without question the hardest week of my banking career. You, you got plans this weekend? Uh, my wife wants to. Uh, it was her birthday on Wednesday, so mm-hmm. and obviously with all this going on, it was not an ideal time to celebrate. So we're gonna probably spend some time celebrating on Saturday night. All right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You? Kids are tested for their. Gray and white jujitsu belt. Mm. Tomorrow. Big day. Pop that $20 on a new belt. I know. What is that? You get the uh, the gi embroidered yet? No, I need to. Uh, they've been asking for it. So one of the coaches has their name embroidered on it, on his gi, and um, the kids want it. I'm like, man, can I just write it? You're going to grow out of this thing. In like a week? <laughs> yeah. But they want it. I mean, so I, frame I, it or something. I mean, if they're into it, if they're into it, I guess, like, why don't I you know, f- continue to fuel it? But. So cheap, bro. So I'm so cheap, really. Well, Arun is reminding us the higher standard now has 103 reviews on Spotify, and uh, we should thank you all. Coming in at 4.9 stars, appreciate everybody. Yeah, we thank you. It'd be a lot better if it was five stars, but yeah, I guess you're not leaving those reviews hard enough. Dude, no. we were at 61 like three weeks ago. Was it really three weeks ago? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Spotify growth has been crazy. Appreciate well, that's good guys. because this when we start the video recording, and this is our last, I think, beta test before we start, you know, actually getting dressed and doing this for real. Yeah, um, that'll be on Spotify as well. We're gonna try to. We're gonna try to. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna make that happen one way or the other. Yeah, so, yeah. And I don't think we we do a good enough job of really saying you know thank you to everybody who listens and support the messages that you guys all send, supporting the show and giving us feedback. We read every fucking one. We read every single one and we share it all with each other, just so you guys all know. Um, I don't tell Chris about all the ones where you guys bash him because that I don't want to hurt his feelings too much. Those don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> but those aren't real. Um, we really, really do appreciate every last one of you. All right. Well, on that note, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.